podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite Wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. Boys. Come on, boys. We're back, and it is time to rock. It is time to roll. It's Wednesday, 7 p.m., right here in God's time zone, here in the central time zone. Folks, I'm pumped. It's been a fun week. Uh, we got some massive news with Day-Day Ames committing to K-State basketball. That's the biggest news. Um, guys, it, it, it is... Um, I can't under, under, or like understate how big this is. This is a top 50 recruit. This is the biggest recruit we've had since Wally Judge... Hopefully, it'll go better than Wally Judge. I have no doubts about that. This is the sixth highest ranked basketball recruit in program history. It's massive. It is absolutely massive. So, we'll be talking about that tonight. We'll be doing a little mini Dream College road trip uh, as our opener. The non-conference basketball schedule has been finalized, so we'll talk about that. And then if we have time towards the end, we will kind of get everyone's baseline. The baseline for what we would call a successful football season. And then maybe, maybe if we have enough time at the very end, we might get another round of hot takes. Uh, We might have to skip over our friend, the good chef Andre Napier. Uh, but you know what? I edited some stuff out last week, so you guys don't know why I'm saying that if you weren't live. All the more reason to go live with us every Wednesday at 7 p.m. And then again, if you want that 15% off home field, if you have a little FOMO from all your friends buying K-State shirts, the promo code is good towards the e- until the end of the week. Promo code Bosco's Boys to get your new favorite K-State t-shirt. I, they sent me three for free, like just putting it out there. They sent me three for free and I turned around on Saturday, got myself the cocaine cat hoodie. I got my dad a t-shirt and then shout out to my mom. I love my mom. I even got her a KU home field shirt. So, uh, you know, I'm a good son. What can I say? So I'm going to get everyone up on stage and then we're going to have ourselves a night. Folks, you know the uh, you know the Sunday night football theme song, Carrie Underwood. Waiting all all week for Sunday night. I'm waiting all week for Wednesday live shows. So let me get everyone up there. We're gonna have gonna have a fun time. It's gonna be another pack show, I'm sure. Anyone who's listening on the RSS feed, again, if you want to participate, you have to. Uh, you have to get up here. You got to download the ColorCast app. Steal your girlfriend's iPhone if you're an Android person. Steal your mom's iPad. That's what you got to do. I'm working on them, and and I promise you, if they do not have it by the Bosco's Boys second annual Bonehead Predictions Extravaganza, the last Wednesday in August, we will do something uh, to get folks over on. Uh, Another app. We'll, we'll do something. All right. Enough rambling from me. Uh, let's get the opener hot and heavy. So the uh, fourth annual, the 2022 College Football Dream Road Trip episode did drop today. If you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it. It's me and my buddy Andrew Stevens, the head honcho over at Sports Drink. So what I'm going to ask you guys for your opener, what are... The three games that you would want on a mini road trip. I need your K-State game, a Big 12 game, and then a game that does not feature any Big 12 teams. So that's what I'm asking for. We're going to start with my guy, 
uh, the coffee fiend, Nick, who is also going to be doing the Q&A episode that you guys will listen to on Monday. Nick, give me your three games, your K-State game of the year, a Big 12 game that doesn't feature K-State, and a game that is not Big 12. So, like I tweeted out early today, I bought the K-State-Missouri game. Um, going to be going to that, so that's going to be my my K-State game of the year. Um, just renews the Big 12 uh, conference foes. Um, Non-K-State, but Big 12, it'd have to be Bedlam. Um, would love to see, like you talked about earlier on your podcast episode today, uh, Oklahoma State beat OU. That would be hilarious. And then the non-Big 12, non-K-State, um, with my current profession, I'd have to uh, – I want to attend the Army-Navy game. Go Army, beat Navy. I love it. We're going to go down to Colorado Cole. Colorado Cole, give me your three – your little mini road trip. All righty. On my mini road trip, I'm going to start off the trip in Manhattan, Kansas. Uh, I'm on the same page as you, Scott. I'm going to that Mizzou, Mizzou game. I wish it wasn't the case, but it just seems like that one's just shaping up to be a big atmosphere. And I'd love to watch us spank freaking Dinkwitz back across the border. Um, for my non-K-State Big 12 game, I think, um, as of now, maybe some recency bias, but that TCU Tech game is shaping up to be quite interesting. I think it would be a fun game to be at. Um, and then for my final game, I will be at the Appalachian State versus Coastal Carolina game on November 3rd. That's going to be a lit one. Let's go to Cali Mike. Cali Mike, love the graphic you put out there, but got to pair it back to three games. What three are you going with? All right. Um, yeah, so I, uh, I am sticking with two of the options. I'm sticking with what are on my uh, graphic, which would be K-State, West Virginia in Morgantown. Uh, I haven't been there and, you know, I think we have their number now. So, um, you know, we'd, we'd curb stomp them. Um, for the big 12 game, uh, I'm thinking Oklahoma state Baylor, a little rematch of, uh, last year, see if Oklahoma state, uh, won't shit the bed this time. Uh, and then for non big 12, uh, I'm going to go Michigan state, Michigan up in, uh, Ann Arbor. I love it. We'll go K-State by 90 next. So for my Big 12 game, got to go to Ames for the Cats. And Ames, I mean, I hate Iowa State, and I just want to beat the crap out of them. And I've never been to Ames before, so that'd be number one. Big 12 game would be Baylor and Oklahoma on November 5th. I think it could be a telltale sign of, the top of the Big 12 or not. And then for my non-Big 12 game, I'm going to go to South Bend for Clemson at Notre Dame. There you go. Let's go to Joel next. Joel, let's ride. Let's hear your uh, three games. Yeah, so I'm going to go for my K-State game to K-State versus whoever we're playing in the Big 12 championship game. Love it. Love Um, it. For my um, non-K-State Big 12 game, I think I'm going to OU Texas. That would be a super fun trip. And then for my non-Big 12 game, you got to go to Michigan-Ohio State, baby. I like it. All right, Chef, Chef, don't make me do any extra work by having to edit stuff today. What's your uh, three-game mini trip? I'm going to KU versus K-State, final game of the season where we lock it up. We're going to the Big 12 championship. Um, and we're going to stomp them by 90. Um, then I'm going um, Baylor versus Oklahoma State, the rematch from last year's Big 12 championship game. And then, oh, man, that one's a tough one, but I'm going to go Ohio State versus Penn State. I think Ohio State goes on the road, but – it's going to, I think it's a noon game, um, but it's going to be wild there too. Yep, it'll be a big noon game. Let's go to Coley Dub down in Texas. Coley Dub, give me your three game mini trip. 
All right, I might be breaking the rules a little bit here. Um, if you are, I'm kicking you out of the show forever, so just be oh, careful. Wow. I'm kidding. So, like, I'm kidding. Let's hear it's it. Half, it's almost a Big 12 game. It, ha- it features West Virginia. Yeah, that that works. That's yeah, a Big 12 but game. I, I would go West Virginia and Virginia Tech. I think it would be awesome to experience Virginia Tech and experience that. And then I'd go to Ohio State at Penn State. Uh, I feel like that game's always awesome. I feel like that's a place that always, I've always kind of wanted to go. And then final game of the year, uh, K, or KU at K-State. I haven't, I haven't been to a game seeing us kick KU's ass live in quite a while. Me and Coley Dub are just going to hang out the entire three Absolutely. games. That, see, I, I would love to see that. All right, let's go – to Hayes, and then we'll wrap up the opener with Connor. Hayes, give me your uh, three-game mini trip. Uh, my K-State game is against Texas. It might be the last time that we ever play them, <clears throat> and I just want to be able to change SEC in their face. Uh, Big 12 game, I'm, I know I put Bedlam on my list, but that was kind of a scheduling thing. So I'm going to go Baylor OU because I think that's the battle for who plays us in Arlington. And then uh, non-Big 12 is – Penn State, Minnesota. I, I know Minnesota's not much, but it's a wideout game. I got a soft spot for that. Yeah, and, and that's and on mine. That's that's uh, a game I went to as well. And then we're going to end the the opener with Connor Baltazar. Connor, what's your three game mini trip uh, for the Cats? I'm also rolling with the Texas game because I think that's going to be a very chippy game. Uh, I think there's probably no love lost between those two sides after the game. Uh, last year so I'm really looking forward to that game other big 12 game have to go with Bedlam I really wish I could have gone this past year Ace and I talked about it a bit but just ended up not working out and then non big 12 probably Penn State Auburn just to catch a big non-conference game between uh, SEC and Big Ten opponent I love it I love it all right so let's get into it because this with as much fanfare as there was around Avery Johnson, um, again, I understand in-state kid, uh, quarterback, most important position in all of college sports. Not trying to take anything away from that, but we are grabbing a top 50, a consensus four-star, the top guy recruiting ranking-wise we've brought in since Wally Judge in 2009, a guy who, like I said up at the top of the show, is the number six ranked guy all time when it when you look at recruiting rankings for guys that we have brought into the K-State Wildcats basketball program. Again, I don't think recruiting rankings were a thing until the 90s, so again, it's probably not that accurate, but again, pretty pretty high profile when you look at some of the guys that we've brought in. I'm absolutely pumped. This has been a done deal for a while. Uh, for about two weeks is when he first gave his verbal but Jerome Tang uh, didn't, uh, you know, taunt us all with the early bring on the cats uh, signal. He waited until it was a little bit closer, so we all saw it today. Again, he's a point guard from Chicago, Illinois, standing at six foot tall. Again, that's going to invoke a lot of stuff. Jake Poland wise, he's a crafty lefty. I'm over the moon pumped. So this is the big topic for the day, and I want to start down with Connor Baltazar. Connor, this is such a massive pickup. What does this kind of do to your trend line when you look at this staff's recruiting? Uh, does it bump it up? What's your excitement level? Which is what run me through the emotions when Day Day, uh, you know, tweeted out and put on Instagram his commitment to the Cats. Uh, it's definitely bumped up my overall feelings about uh, recruitment for the staff back to I think about what we were expecting when they first were brought in. Because I think when they weren't immediately bringing in five stars left and right, people got a bit concerned, which is understandable. But I think that now we're going forward with the 2023 class, we may see more players of Day-Day's caliber, at least I'm hoping so. But he's an excellent first addition for uh, the 2023 class. He's great at getting to the rim, excellent ball handler. He's, uh, He's a pure point guard. And I, I really like that about him. And he is a lefty, so I'm biased. I'm lefty as well. So I really like him. So, yeah, can't there, go wrong with it. 
Yeah, there you go. It's always fun to see a lefty out there playing. Let's drop down to Cali Mike. Cali Mike, this is a pedigree and a whole nother level of player that we have not seen in over a decade. Um, is this in, in, yeah, I mean, I guess what, 13 years? 13 years since we've seen that? 13, 14 years since we've seen someone like this? Um, what are your expectations for him? Do you think he's going to be at that point guard spot, a guy who's going to be coming in day one starter for Jerome Tang and being a guy who is going to be a floor general that very first year? Uh, I think no doubt about it. You know, I think um, Marquise is going to handle a lot of that load this year, um, just being in the program already a year. But then once he's gone, uh, someone's going to have to step up. And I think this is a huge get. Um, He's going to lay the groundwork for future recruiting, obviously, that we're going to see much faster than I think we all possibly anticipated. Um, And so I think it's a huge get, and I think he's going to be the future uh, point guard starting as a freshman. There we go. Got myself unmuted. Let's go up to Nick next. Nick, not only is this a massive recruiting win, but – he Jerome Tang goes in and grabs the number one player in the state of Illinois, obviously the number one player in Chicago, and he beat out Brad Underwood for him. He beats out Maryland. He beats out LSU. He beats out Marquette. A lot of teams that really have their bread and butter in that Chicagoland area. How big of a win is that? Not only the caliber of recruit, but the programs he beat right there in Chicago. I mean, it just goes to show that what he's built in this short amount of time since he got hired is something to get excited about and stay excited about, especially um, after the talks of trying to get Brad Underwood as a coach. Um, That kind of just shows a, hey, look, I can recruit in your area better than you. So let's go. Let's go down to Colorado Cole next. Cole, this is a recruit we haven't seen in a long time. Is this something where you're expecting like one top 50 guy every year from Tang? Do you think, hey, this is nice to just get on the board? What what does this kind of signal for your forward-looking expectations of him and his staff recruiting? Yeah, I mean, I think it kind of is about where somebody else already said, you know, we expected we would be at um, when he first came in. And I think that we can expect, um, you know, one top 50 player a year. And I don't think that's completely undoable. Um, I think we'll definitely be floating around two to three top 100 players a year. And I think if we can do that, we can achieve some pretty pretty great things with those caliber of players. Yeah, especially after we saw, uh, you know, some of those former – blue chip type guys he brought in through the transfer portal. Let's go up to Joel next. Joel, you have seen kind of the, the, the pedigree he likes to work in. We've seen the mix of, uh, you know, blue chip uh, transfer guys, some older guys who have a history of playing. And now we've seen his first blue chip guy in the high school. Do you like the way he is currently starting to assemble the team uh, do you hope moving forward, you know, after this 2023 year, in this 2023 year, do you want them to see more uh, dependent on the high school ranks, or do you want to continue to kind of go 50-50 transfer portal in high school guys? Uh, Yeah, I mean, first of all, I don't know what we got in the water up in Manhattan right now, but everybody seems to be on fire. So that's crazy. I wish it was there, or that, I wish that's how it was when I was in school, but that is what it is. Um, but yeah, sounds like you just need to get young alumni basketball tickets, my friend. Oh, don't worry, I'm gonna I'm gonna be all over that for sure. Um, but yeah, I like what he's doing. He's he's kind of going at it the same mindset that Kleiman is, where we're just trying to get longer and more athletic. And I think, in general, in any sport you play, that's just a given that that's gonna work every time. If you're the, uh, I mean, not every time, I guess, if you're just athlete, more athletic, but. I like I like where we're going. I'd like to see us become a flashy, fun team. So I think we're we're well on route for that. So w- when you saw it come through, top fifty swaggy kid uh, out of Chicago, lefty. Uh, walk me through the emotions. Yeah, yeah, I was super hyped. It was like 
four o'clock at work. I was actually in a meeting and uh, my watch started going off with everybody tweeting. And uh, it took it took everything in me to not absolutely interrupt a meeting um, to say some words. Um, but yeah, it was <laughs> it was pretty awesome. Yeah, and again, I, it's something that was expected, but it was it was a fun surprise. I didn't know it was going to happen today. Let's go down to Chef. Chef, it, it's it's a left-handed guy uh, that doesn't match up, but it's a short point guard from Chicago. So of course, everyone's going to draw the comparisons to Jacob Paul. I think they're different type players, but you know, because of that affinity for Chicago guards do you think he's going to instantly come in and be the fan favorite oh i mean absolutely i mean you you brought it up jacob pullen you get the similarities but k-state we're, we're dabbling in chicago i mean we had days gordon and the hype was real with days for a while where he was the number one player in chicago um there that long list of basketball players that come from chicago is insane um and we embrace that. So, I mean, if he comes in and does has any production really because we're losing Marquise um, and the point guard position is going to be up for grabs, really. I mean, cause you have cam uh, cam Carter, kill a cam, but they're two different kind of players. And I think if he can come in, um, he's going to be a, a spark on offense automatically, but his defense is going to need help. But I think, the way Tang is recruiting, like um, Joel just said, longer, longer, rangier athletes that will be able to help him if he gets, uh, if he needs help out on uh, getting blown by on the perimeter or whatever. But I think the left-handed aspect, I love that left-handed athletes are always the best. Um, the jump shot always looks better. Um, it's just going to be a nice style of basketball that Tang's recruiting, and I, and I appreciate it, but. It's the job's not done, and Day Day Ames said that he's going after, going after guys. Um, he's got high aspirations when it comes to his recruiting to K State. Um, let's see if it it comes to fruition. But you know, this is a fan favorite, especially if he once he starts talking openly to the media. Yeah, I'll, I'll be looking forward to it once he does a little bit of uh, media talk. Let's go to K State by ninety next uh, again. Just a massive recruiting win. Walk me through the emotions. Walk me through the expectations. What do you hope that Day-Day Ames' career looks like? Well, I think he's the first guy since Barry Brown where you can say he's an all-around player. I mean, you look at his AAU games, he's not putting up monster points and no assists. I mean, I saw one of his AAU games, 19 points, 10 assists four steals and a couple one hand transition dunks. I mean, he can do it on all three levels. He can do it defensively. He's a little bit shorter, but I think where he's apart from Poland is he's more of an all around playmaker and he's going to set his teammates up for success. So I'm ecstatic. It's a great start to the class. Yeah. And something about his AAU team and not to throw shade at his AAU team he is the guy who does have to bear a massive load at all these EYBL events. He is kind of used to having to do a little bit more than some of these high-profile guys, and he's still out there getting those uh, assists. Instead of just basically you know, hero-balling it like he's James Harden in the Drew League, he's able to still get his guys involved none of which are high-profile recruits. So I absolutely love seeing that. Let's go up to Bob Trollsby next. Bob, uh, big recruiting win. Again, the biggest one in over a decade. Walk me through your emotions when it came through. We are gargantuan. I don't really have much else to say beyond that. Um, what, the biggest one since Wally Judge? Is that who Yep, this is the biggest, or at least if you go by recruiting rankings, the biggest uh, recruiting win since Wally Judge. Yeah, it's massive. I, I think K-State needs to continue to recruit both in football and basketball guys whose names are either Bebe or Day-Day. That's really all I have to say. I love it. I love it. Let's go down to Hayes next. Hayes, uh, this is what we all hoped we would see with Jerome Tang. I know I probably 
uh, was a little impatient thinking it was going to happen a little bit quicker than it did thinking we'd get a guy in the 2022 class. But this dusted off any sort of anxiety or worry that they're not going to be able to get these real true blue chip guys for me. Walk me through your emotions. Walk me through what you think this signals, not only for the 2023 class, but recruiting moving forward as well. This is awesome. Like you said, our expectations are pretty much, at least for me, right back where they started at. Um, This is the first guy of the class. He had no one, no season to go off of with Tang, no like success as a head coach, no players playing under him. Um, And he committed and it's the best recruit we've gotten in 13 years. And it's the first recruit that we've gotten with this coach. I just think that that's massive that we got a top 75 at worst player for the first guy of really the Jerome Tang era. Cause we all know like 2022 was kind of a panic throw, throw it together, even though it turned out pretty good, but I don't even think that this guy is the ceiling being the first guy that we brought in. He's more like the, uh, like the top of the door frame, you know, and we have all that room to keep going and a lot more door frame guys to get. And I'm pumped. Yep. So if folks go back and listen to uh, my the podcast I did with Jimmy, aka KSU underscore fan, shortly after uh, Jerome was hired, you will see that that is the level of recruit that Baylor has excelled and had their best teams with having these guys who are around that top fifty. They've had their share of five stars. They've had their share of like, you know, top 15 type guys, but that's not always where they succeeded the most. And I think this will be the sweet spot that I want to see them operating in. Let's go to Coley Dub. I think Coley Dub's the only one I haven't gotten on this initial take with Day Day Ames. Coley Dub's down there in Texas, down in Austin, Texas. How excited were you when you saw this come through? Walk me through again. Were you a little finding yourself a little worried like myself thinking, okay, we had all these grand hopes for Jerome Tang as a recruiter and then kind of got a little worried since nothing happened in 2022. Were you more patient than me? Um, I was definitely excited about the idea of getting all these top guys, you know, fairly quickly. Um, I don't think I was ever really too worried about, you know, where recruiting was heading, but it, it, it was definitely a relief today. Um, it's really nice to see, CSK Day Day, obviously, it'll be kind of interesting to see kind of where we go forward with the class and what other guys we can get. Um, just in the fact that it sounds like, it, I think so, if I, if I remember correctly, that King, I think, didn't, recruit, didn't he recruit him while he was a Baylor still? Yeah, I think initial contact happened there. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm aiming to have Grant Flanders come on with me, uh, recording on Thursday, hopefully releasing Friday. Um, and I'm going to get more on the recruitment, but I'm pretty sure Day-Day only took one official visit and K-State just knocked it out of the park and he basically shut his recruitment down right. then. So I don't know how involved anyone else was. I know uh, LSU was really trying hard. I know Illinois was trying real hard. Uh, there's some Illinois folks on Twitter that were not too happy uh, that K-State's coming in and grabbing the top player in Chicago, top player in Illinois. Uh, so it, it, it was it was a great... Uh, recruiting win, um, and I'm not sure when it, w- when it originally started. I know Jareem Dowling. I want to give a shout-out to him. He was the assistant who was on this one. So, um, Oh, go ahead. No, you're good. You, you summed it up. All right. Uh, we'll, we'll, real quickly, before we move on to the other topics, I want to get everyone's prediction over under one and a half more four stars or better in this 2023 recruiting class one and a half more over under high school four stars so we're starting off with bob bob trollsby over under one and a half more way over over way over okay nick over oh i i see i think i know where this is going joel uh i'm gonna say over good vibes all around coley dub are you gonna keep the over train going um, yeah, I guess so. I don't really know where we're at with all these other guys. I know there's at least, like, one other four-star we're kind of in pretty serious talks with. Um, but who knows what might pop up late, so I'll just say, I'll go ahead with everyone else to say for sure we're going to go over. All right, Connor. Over. Why not? <laughs> Hayes. 
you have to set this at three and a half to even make me consider under. <laughs> I love it. Talk about good vibes. The good chef. Under. Oh, good chef. <laughs> good chef. That's fine. Honestly, if you give me one more top 100 guy, I think, I'm cool I think with that. we will I'm get cool one more one, 100 guy, um, four star. Um, but then I think really he's going to be kind of pushing the transfer portal more like two year guy, three uh, two year guys in this next coming class. We'll see. K State by ninety. Are, are you going to join Chef or are you going to join everyone else? Oh, I'm joining Chef. All right. I think that uh, Tang's going to go after a lot of JUCO guys. Just try to get those guys that have some experience in the transfers. I think it's going to be close. They definitely get one, maybe two, but I'm saying under. All right, uh, Colorado Cole. Uh, let's keep it hot. I got to go over. I think, uh, I think they can make it happen now that they have some time to actually recruit these guys. I think we'll see them do well. All right. And then we'll go to Cali Mike. Uh, I'm definitely going to say over, and I'm also going to say over eight for how many more times color asked me if I'm enjoying this app during this podcast. Uh Oh, are they spamming you? Totally. Well, I'm sorry about that. Um, but let's dive into the next topic. We're sticking with basketball right now. All right, so uh, if folks actually, can you guys send a grab a screenshot of uh, some of the stuff that's going on and uh, then shoot me a DM on Twitter so I can send it to the folks at Colorcast uh, because I don't like them spamming you guys asking for all that. So if you guys could do that, I'll send it to them and uh, we'll hopefully get it taken care of. All right. Um, Let's quickly run through this. The non-conference schedule finally got released, and it's an interesting one. I'll read through it real quick. Uh, University of Texas Rio Grande Valley, that's the Monday. That's a home game. That's how we're starting. We're then a Friday game at Cal Berkeley. Then you have Arkansas Pine Bluff at home, UMKC at home. Then you're in the Grand Cayman Island Classic Island Boys, Rhode Island, we open it up, then we play Nevada or Tulane, then we have one more game. Then we're at Butler in the Big East, Big 12 battle. Wichita State at home on the same day as the Big 12 championship in football. I hope we have a little bit of flexibility there uh, just in case, you know, maybe move that to the Sunday. Then we have Abilene Christian at home, Incarnate Word Nebraska in Kansas City on the 17th of December. Then we end the uh, non-conference slate December 21st versus Radford. And then the SEC Big 12 Challenge in late January versus Florida. Again, this is a not a very tough non-conference. Now, you have some Power 5 games. Nebraska, Cal, you have the rivalry with Wichita State. Butler and Florida were not world beaters last year. You don't have a lot of big games that are going to help your net, help your RPI and all that type of stuff. But there are some games that I think fans are going to really gravitate towards. Now, ultimately, I think that the NCAA tournament hopes are going to be written in the Big 12. I think if you win, you know, eight or nine games in the Big 12, you're going to be a lock no matter what. Now, if you are... At seven wins, if you're at six wins, you better come close to completely running the table in this non-conference if we want to be dancing. So I'm just going to go through from the top and move my way down. Just give me any initial reactions to the non-conference schedule and the game you're most excited for. I'm, like I said, I'll go top-bottom. Let's start with Bob Trollsby. Uh, reaction to the schedule, game you're most excited for. I think it's a good schedule, mostly just because I always had my issues with Bruce Weber kind of scheduling what seemed like a full slate of cupcakes. And, and later, later in his tenure, we ended up getting some more difficult games. I thought, you know, on average, than we had, you know, the, like the mid 2010s is when it really felt soft. Um, so I'm glad that we've got Cal. I'm glad that we've got uh, Butler, Nebraska, Florida, that those are some of the teams that we're playing. Um, I think as far as teams that I'm most excited for, it's it's personal for me, but uh, my wife is an Abilene Christian University alum 
who cheers for the Texas Longhorns. And if you remember a couple of years ago in the NCAA tournament, ACU ended Shaka Smart's career as head coach. And so I want to beat ACU strictly so I can tell Allie that we beat ACU and they didn't. Well, I love that. I, I think that would be great. I'm really rooting for that uh, for you. Let's go to Nick next. Nick, initial reaction uh, to that. Also, shout out to the creative media team. I love their way of doing the schedule release with the mascot names. It's always funny to see the personality from boys on the team. Uh, but reaction to the schedule, and is there a game you're really circling? Uh, first off, the schedule release uh, picture was on fire. Um, the way they incorporate script cats, um, the cocaine wildcat off to the side, and then Noel. Um, I'm excited, honestly, for Wichita State. Uh, and then going to Kansas City, old Big 12 foe. And then uh, Florida. I'm excited for that one, man. Yeah, that Florida game is going to be a fun one. Um, again, I have no idea how because Florida has their own new coach. But again, that should be a fun little atmosphere in a you know a January Saturday in the Little Apple. Let's go to Joel. Joel, who are you excited to see on the schedule? Reaction to the schedule release? Uh, do you think it is too tough? Not tough enough? Just right? Give me you know a little Red Riding Hood. Give me porridge on this. Uh, yeah, so I think it's, uh, pretty close to being just right. Um, maybe one, maybe one higher power five school would be better. Like, I don't really care about Nebraska. They're just so bad at basketball, but, um, I am super excited that we're playing Florida. I'm glad we're not playing Ole Miss or A&M. I feel like we played them like every year. So that'll be great. Something new. That is true. Uh, the SEC Big 12 Challenge uh, does kind of get stale because I think it was like Georgia the first couple years, then it's been a lot of Ole Miss, then Texas A&M. So I, I'm like right there with you. I, I, I'm, I'm glad to see Florida. I think that's going to be a fun one. And I'll be sure I'm in Bramlage that Saturday. Coley Dub, uh, you know, Abilene Christian, I, it's down in Texas. Do you know any Abilene Christian fans or Incarnate Word fans? Are you gonna be trash talking down there in the long or long uh, Lone Star State? Um, probably not. I don't even know where Abilene Christian is at. I'm assuming Abilene. That makes sense. I, I think so. Um, not 100. percent And then uh, I think Incarnate World might be in San Antonio, if I remember correctly. But no, I don't know anybody from either of those schools. Um, but I'm pretty excited. I think honestly, just for the first game of the year, kind of see see what the teams made up of you know that first game of the year then also the Cayman Island, Cayman Island Classic I think that's what it's called right those little pre or non-con tournaments are usually pretty fun and kind of gives you a barrier for those back-to-back type situations yeah sadly it is going to be on flow hoops so that sucks um not not a fan of that but hey it is what it is Connor Baltazor uh Reaction to the schedule, you can give me a you know little Red Riding Hood, too hot, too cold, just right, and then any games that you're really looking forward to. Uh, it's a little bit weaker than I was hoping for. I'm happy with the amount of Power Fives that we're facing, but I would have preferred one or two that were maybe a little bit tougher of a challenge. Uh, I'm saying that now, I may regret that. But um, I am happy that we have Butler on the schedule because they broke my heart when I was like 10 years old when they ended our uh, Elite Eight run. I think that if we beat Butler, we go to the title. And other than that, also Nebraska, uh, mainly because it's in Kansas City, it'll be after the semester's done, so I may have a shot at going to it. So kind of excited for that. Yes, um, I'll, I'll say this. Also, for anyone listening live or on the RSS feed, three of those home non-conference games – including the opener, will be a doubleheader with the women's basketball team. And I think that's great because hopefully it's going to give a little bit more exposure to what should be a very exciting, very fun uh, season for Mitty and the squad, especially with some of their young players because they brought in another great recruiting class. So if you get the chance, get out there and take in both games for all three of those doubleheaders. Let's go to Hayes next. Hayes. You're going to be on campus. Uh, you know, walk me through your thoughts when you saw that. 
Uh, Are there any games, uh, I would assume the Wichita State game, but are there any other games that you think the student section is just going to show out real big for? Uh, Yeah, I like the schedule. I kind of echo what most people say, but I don't mind it. I'm happy that it's a little bit on this cupcake end because, I mean, our entire team's new and they probably don't know how to play together yet. So it'd be nice to not just lose a bunch. Um, But we do have a couple of good ones sprinkled in there. And yeah, I'm definitely excited for Wichita State. I fucking hate them more than any other school. And um, can't wait to beat the shit out of them. And then uh, Florida, too, for personal reasons. I got a bandwagon cousin that's going to be at that game. It's a Florida fan. So that'll be fun to watch them lose in person the first time he's seen them. Yeah, and and I'll say this. I I really hope that they move that game to a Sunday, like Sunday night, if K-State is in that Big 12 championship at 11 a.m. down in Arlington on that Saturday. I hope we can move that to like a 6 p.m., 7 p.m. tip on Sunday because I, I, I want as little yellow in Bramlage as possible. But if you have, you know, 40,000 K-State fans down in Arlington, uh, we're going to have to get creative with what we do with our tickets uh, for that game if they keep it on that Saturday. Let's go to the good chef. Chef, you know, Indianapolis ain't that far from you. Are you going to be at the Butler game? I think the Butler game is the one that I've got penciled down. But, I mean, I'm looking forward to that Cal game. I think we were out on the West Coast last year. Um when we played Long uh, Long Beach, I think it was Long Beach. Um, Were think, we? Was it Long Beach last? It year? was in the it was in the tournament. It was two two years two or three years ago. Two or three, yeah. Um, but it, it it'd be good to go back out to California, see them stomp a Pac twelve team, um, and then potentially that that Cayman Island tournament will be looking nice with the Rhode Island, um, LSU, um, Nevada Salty. I think that if we're coming out with hardware, that's always the best thing that could happen in a uh, non-con in aspect for me personally. And I mean, if we can get those and then, oh, man, it's going to be tough. But I think the non-con has got the perfect balance. Um, they're big names, but they're not too good. So if we win, it'll at least on paper look good. I hear you. Um Again, you know, I, I might be trying to go to that Butler game. So, like, we might be having to link up in Indianapolis. Um, K-State by 90, you're up next. Initial reaction, I believe you're a student. Is there, are there, is it the Florida State game that, uh, you know, Florida game should be good? What about that home opener? How, how many students are going to be at that very first game of the Jerome Tang era? I think the first game is going to be just uh, – it should be a pretty good game. I mean, you're playing one of the absolute worst teams in college basketball. But the way that Tang's marketed the iCats and all that with the team, I think it's good. I mean, net last year, UT, UT Rio Grande Valley was 307. So should be a nice little curb stomping. But I think Pine Bluff was like the absolute worst. They were like 328 or something. Yeah, IUPUI was terrible too, but... I'm looking forward to Wichita State, and I agree with you. Hopefully they move it to a Sunday because I will be in Arlington if we make it. Yes, if I'm able to get Gene Taylor in the month of August, I'm going to specifically ask about that. Colorado, Cole, you're up next. Uh, Reaction to the schedule, uh, did you like the video? Did you like them kind of dogging on the UMKC mascot saying it looks like a dog? Um, Just thoughts on the schedule. Uh, yeah, I like the uh, the way they're releasing it. I mean, it's just a creative way to get the guys involved, especially with a bunch of new guys that most of us haven't really uh, – we haven't even heard their voice before. So it's great to hear from those guys. Um, schedule overall, the non-con, I like it. Um, kind of on the same page as what some other people said is I like that you have a good number of Power 5 teams on there, but they're all kind of not that good, you know. Considering it's our first year with our coach, I like that. Um, maybe in the future, I'd like to see some <clears throat> better Power 5 teams on that schedule. But for this coming year, in a vacuum, I like the way it looks. And I think we could be pretty successful with that schedule. 
Callie, Mike, the cats, the boys are going to be in your backyard. They're going to be at Berkeley. I imagine when that news dropped, you got excited and that's circled on your calendar. You know it. Um, there's a lot around this. Um, that's a big deal. Like the last time, uh, basketball cats, obviously what chef noted in the NCAA tournament against long beach, uh, that was a big bummer of a game in San Jose, but, um, the first year I moved to the Bay in 2006 was when the Cats played Berkeley, and that's when Luis Colon got ejected for the fist to the head. Um, and so I'm looking forward to them being back out here. Um, that's also my 40th birthday weekend. And other big news coming out of the California Cats uh, in August that I will just drop a little hint here for that. So be on the lookout. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I, I That's a tease right there. I'll say this again. Uh, I make all these grand declarations. We'll, we'll see what happens. But K-State is playing uh, at Baylor that very next day. Hopefully this isn't the case. But if K-State's out of the Big 12 race, I might just have to come out to the Bay Area for that game uh, because I have too much. I have to burn a lot of vacation before the end of the year. So, Stay you can tuned. Stay in my place. You yeah, stay, stay tuned. Place. I might be coming out to see Callie Mike. All right, we got about fifteen minutes left. We might have uh, we might have time to do another round of hot takes the end of the show. But here's a conversation I want to have with all of you, and uh, I'm curious to how this is going to go. I was having a conversation with one of my group chats the other day. Everyone is so sky high on expectations for this football season. There's a lot of uh, hype. There's a lot of hope, all sorts of emotions wrapped up in this season. But I want to know for you guys, what is the baseline, uh, you know, either record or result that you guys need to see for this to be considered a successful season? We're going to start back. We'll start with K-State by 90 for this one. What What is that baseline? What is that minimum? Uh, it can be record. It can be something you know, more meta, just kind of tell me what needs to happen for you to be sitting here in January and say, you know what, that was a good season. Well, to start off, I think winning nine games is my expectation. And that would say we did good. But in all reality, I think this is the best team Clemens had. It's got to be a Big 12 championship. They've got to be in that Big 12 championship game and be in Arlington and compete for it. All right, pretty lofty, but hey, I respect it. Let's go to the good chef. Chef, what is the baseline needed for this to be considered a successful season? Well, I think there's so much hype, and, you know, the fans are going to fan. We're always high during the uh, beginning of the season. Fall camp hasn't even rolled in. But I do think that the seniors that came back, the the depth that we have at this team, the transfers that we brought in, um, the team is saying Big 12 championship. I mean, that's just what – it's like if they don't believe that, they don't say anything. They're like, oh, we're just this, that, or the other. We're just trying to take it one game at a time. But they, they put it on record, Big 12 championship. So my it, – it's double-digit wins for sure. That's the baseline. But I want hardware and – that's kind of where I'm at for this season. Next season, we'll be breaking it in. We'll talk about that later. But this season, I think it's hardware for me to be at the at the highest. And then 10 wins is kind of the where I need it to end with double digits. And we can poke fun at Iowa State fans for never seeing double digits in that W column. So, a say a 10-3 and three season with a... Alamo Bowl win over Utah. That that would be a successful season. I mean, if you. we went nine and three and we just came short of the Big Twelve championship game, we got beat out by two elite teams or whatever. Oklahoma shows up and Baylor does what Baylor does now. I'm not going to be mad at that because we gave it a run. But if we get hardware from the Alamo Bowl and we beat the shit out of Utah. I think that's a successful season. Now, will it be what I wanted? No, but, you know, that's a good season. And I think where Kleiman is at is his floor has to be, I'd hate, I'm seven and a half. We're pushing over that every time is for the floor. And then he has spurts 
where he has a senior senior laden team with explosive athletes similar to Adrian Martinez and Deuce Vaughn that can carry them to the next level. So that's where I'm saying is the floor is eight wins every year, 10, 10 for this season. All right. Hey, I, I think that is fair. Let's go to Hayes next. Hayes, what is that minimum for it to be considered a successful season when we're on here doing a live show in January? I'm going to slow down a little. I think eight and four is successful. Um, I'm just talking regular season. Um, I, I legitimately think that the entire season hinges around the quarterback position and the whole rest of the team would average go like nine, nine and a half wins. So like, I seriously, if we had to play Will Howard for 12 games, I think we still win seven. That's how good we are. So our floor has got to be eight and expectation eight and with real and significant aspirations at, at Arlington and maybe winning Arlington and not like, not in a Homer way, just seriously, we're that good. All right, let's go down to Cali Mike. Cali Mike, what would it take for this to be considered a successful season? Um, I'm pretty much on board with the, the guys so far. Um, I think we gotta we have to get nine wins, basically. Um, that's where I see us. Uh, ops, absolutely, injuries are you know gonna change expectations. Uh, let's hope we keep the team healthy, but I think I have to see nine wins, um, irrespective of a bowl. So nine wins regular season. All right, let's go to Colorado Cole. Colorado Cole, what do we need for this to be a successful season? Um, yeah, I'm kind of about to beat the dead horse here, but I would say nine and three is my threshold. Uh, I think eight and four, I would kind of feel like there's some, some, some play that we left out on there, uh, left on the field. Um, and honestly, I think there's a lot of scenarios that where nine and three would get us to Arlington. So uh, I think nine and three is kind of where I would be at to consider it somewhat successful of a season. I would say that, you know, 10 and two is not out of the picture, though. All right, let's go to Connor next. Connor, uh, baseline needed for you to look back and call it a successful season. I've been wondering about this myself for a while because I'm trying to balance the the very high expectations that this team has and deservedly so with also uh, trying not to get too out of hand. But I really do think that this is one of the most talented teams we've had in years. So I think I'm with everybody else where we really do need to hit nine wins. I could conditionally accept eight, anything under would probably be a failure, I would say. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think nine wins is probably what we need to hit. Coley Dub down there in Texas, what is the baseline for you to call this a successful season? Um, just mostly whatever gets us to the Big 12 championship game. Um, then, you know, from there, hopefully with a bowl victory, double digits, I'd say. So, so- Probably just get the double-digit victories and hope to have an appearance in the Big 12 championship game. So if, if we're saying baseline, though, so you're saying, you know, 9-3 and three season where you're not in Arlington, you probably wouldn't call it a successful season? Yeah, see, successful. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that'd still be successful. I'll say 9. No, I mean, it's up to you. I, I'm just kind of curious because, again, I hear everyone, and, and I'm, I'm – I, I think, and and I'll give my answer at the end, but I mean, it is wild to be sitting here where the media votes K State fifth, the over under still sitting at six and five, and the expectations are so high. I, I I think that is fun to see, and I'm happy to see it, and it will be interesting to see how K State fans kind of treat this upcoming season versus how Iowa State fans treated their season last year. Let's go to Joel next. Joel, what's that baseline needed for a successful season? Yeah, I've been sitting here kind of kicking myself because I'm trying to walk myself down back towards that line, that six and five line. But like, I keep thinking, man, like eight wins, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be a little pressed at the end of the year if we're eight and four going into bowl season, thinking, oh, what one more could have got us? And I think, 
even if Adrian plays the same way he played at Nebraska, this team around him is good enough to get him to eight at least. So I think if he plays well, nine or ten should not be thought of that crazily. So I'm going to set the floor at nine and three. And then if we, like you said earlier, if we're going to like play Utah and we wax Utah, um, that's a massive success. All right. Let's, oh, Chef, what do you got? I, I'm, I'm, when I'm listening to everybody talk and they, they, we say nine and nine wins and we say that, like, if you look at the schedule, what losses are on there that we could get and that if we got eight, that would be four losses. Where's what losses are we gonna? Because that's where it comes down to me. Because what teams are we losing to? Well, if here, we, I, I hear what you're saying, and, and I get that because I don't think there is that guaranteed loss. But here, here's my question to you and to everyone: How many are there? How many games do we have that we're saying there is zero chance we lose? The, I mean, for me, I think it's KU. I think. I, I, the Missouri is a really bad team. So the three non-cons are locks for me. I know Tulane played Utah, uh, Oklahoma spicy last year, but I think we get them in a non-COVID year with our fan, with our fans in the stands. So I think we're four wins right there. I think TCU's really bad. And I think, especially with Sonny Dykes and they're just rebuilding, I think Sonny Dykes, TCU team and Texas Tech. So that's six. So here's the thing about Texas Tech, and not to fight with you, if you look at the OC that they brought in, and if you look at the handful of quarterbacks they have and some of the skill, they are a team, and they're going to be going fast. They could easily be at 40 to 50 points in that game, even worth with our defense. I'm nowhere close to I saying that's an impossible loss. I'm, I don't think – their offensive line talent is enough to to sustain their offense going. I think they lost their what was that Thompson kid? Did he come back? Because if he didn't, he was literally their offense last year. They changed quarterbacks, and I don't think they're going to even go with their best quarterback throughout the year. Um, the what the one young runner that came in a couple times versus us. I don't even think they're going to go with him, and I think he's their Shane best Morris. quarterback. Exactly. I think Texas Tech is going to – I think they're going to be the second-worst team in the – with TCU, I think they're going to be battling for the second-worst team. I think those six teams are locks. And then it's you're talking toss-up range because Iowa State is on the verge of a lock for me. Uh, Hunter Deckers did not look that good to me. Um, and I'm not going to take up everybody's time, but those are those are where I'm thinking six for sure. Yeah, and I hear you. I'm I'm not nearly uh, to the point where I'm saying there's six locks on the schedule. Uh, so that that's but but hey, I I love it. I, I love where you're at, Chef. Let, let's go to Nick and then Bob Trollsby, and we'll close out uh, this question. You know, I think K State by nine. He said it earlier. You know, I think the standard now is nine, but if we go eight, I'm okay. But it has to be a double digit win and Arlington like that's that's the standard for this year and then Chef said it good uh, when he was talking about how next year might be a step back but this year's hardware that's our standard so all right and then Bob Trollsby yeah I think for me you know we've we've won seven games we've won eight games under climate I think the next logical step is if we if we're bringing back the talent that we are and we're bringing in the newcomers that we are i think the expectation is that this is a better team than either of those last two teams that that won seven and eight wins and not counting covid um so i think the expectation the floor is nine and then and then the ceiling is the roof obviously as we would say but um my expectation is at least nine games i i just place a bet this week um that k-state's gonna win 10 or more so oh, i want to see that hit i want to see that hit yeah w- what odds you get on that i don't recall I- i'd have to look <laughs> but it was st- i think it was like plus 1600 or something like that well i i love it uh so I- i'll say this this is where i'm at for, th- for me to call this a successful season i think you have to get to nine wins after bowl season you know every non-covid season 
We have been eight and five. You know, last year we got that bowl win. I think this is the most talented team we've uh, had in the climbing era. So if you can't get to that nine win mark after the bowl game, if if you're going eight and five or worse, I there is no world where I can call that a successful season. I don't think eight and five is a failure, but I would say like a seven and six uh, would one hundred percent be a failure. Um, but you know, eight and five, whatever. But we need to get to nine wins or better after the bowl for me to call it a successful season. Because, again, I think that highly of this team. That's all we have tonight. Oh, Chef, go ahead. No, I'm I'm just playing on what you're saying, and I know we got to get out of here. But um, I think after our first three non-con games, we're going to be singing a different tune. From what you just said, I think you're going to be singing a different tune. Well, I mean, hey, we, we go through this. We've gone through that every year in the climbing era so far. Um, winning the first three games, um, and we, we've seen how, how it's gone in the Big 12 play. I'm hoping, I, I, I think it'll go different this year, uh, but I don't think there's anything that could happen in the first three games that would make me say uh, nine in, a nine-win season would, wouldn't be a success. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, I'm going to give the MVP to Colorado Cole today. Uh, recently just had a birthday yesterday. So Cole address all your fellow boneheads and K-State fans everywhere and a, uh, day late belated happy birthday. Um, yeah, I just like to say thank you for all the birthday wishes. Um, now that I'm 25 years young, I feel like I need to start thinking about my health maybe a little bit. Um, so might, might mix in a jog or two, um, here and there. Um, we'll see where it goes. Uh, most of all, I'd like to say go cats and everybody, let's just have a great rest of our week, get to the weekend and just go hard this weekend. You know, it's summertime. We're having a great time. Let's have a couple drinks. Um, you know, we're having, we're all having a good time here. I love it. All right. Um, tomorrow, if you guys are listening to this on the RSS feed, the plan is to get, uh, Grant Flanders from K-State Online to talk about Day-Day Ames. Next week, we are going to have the July Q&A with the Coffee Fiend himself, Nick. And then I'm hoping, I'm hoping we are going to have one former K-State basketball player on the podcast. Anyone who guesses the correct player, uh, slide in the DMs. If you get it right, I will send you a koozie if you want it. And then I'm hoping, trying to get someone on the football staff next week as well. I'll also be partnering up with my friends uh, Parker uh, the, from, uh, you know, TCU fame, the analytics man, Stats of War, and Philip from the 1012 podcast to do our dream Big 12 road trip. So it'll only be Big 12 games. So it's a big week next week before we eventually get into Blitz Month, where I will be talking to some uh, folks who cover K-State and we'll be previewing the season uh, three or four times every single week. Blitz Month, you gotta love it. Uh, All right, that's all we have. Chef, I love you. Thanks for not making me edit anything out tonight. I promise you guys, it's metaphorical. It's metaphors only, but meet Grant at the Cathead. I know he's waiting for you. Meet Day-Day at the Cathead. Yeah, go find Day-Day. Not Dee Day-Day. Hail to the purple. Hail to the white. Wildcat in spirit. Wildcat in to see onward forever hail victory button 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 fight uk state wildcats for alma mater fight glory in the combat for the purple and the white faithful to our colors we will ever be a fighting, ever fighting for a wildcat victory.
Podcast Network.